In a stadium rich with tradition, the lights shine the brightest. This is the camp. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome into the camp. I'm Zach Heilprin. He is the Athletics' Jesse Temple. Plenty to get to today. Uh, it was busy, actually a really good day for Wisconsin, or a good week for Wisconsin on the recruiting front. Got a couple more four-star commits. We'll talk about that. Jesse had an opportunity to chat with Barry Alvarez about his feelings on Luke Fickle. And uh, we'll touch on a few more things as we get closer and closer to uh, Big Ten Media Days. Now just a little over two weeks away from being in Indianapolis with the rest of uh, the Big Ten Media and all 14 teams. Badger's going to be on Thursday the 27th. We'll do, be doing a couple of shows down there. Uh, all right, Jesse, let's just jump right into it. When There's been a lot of hand-wringing over recruiting. When we talked about when we talked last week, last show it was – Emilio Agard committing a four-star recruit. They picked up two more four-stars. The first one, Emerson Mandel out of Minnesota, the number one player in the state. PJ, what happened? And (laughs) obviously, then they get their running back, Darian Dupree out of Illinois, both four-star commits. They now have six four-star commits, according to the 24-7 composite. And uh, which one do you want to start with? Do you want to start with Mandel? Just because we should go chronologically. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. All right. So the big guy, uh, the number one player in the state for Minnesota. Uh, it's the third time in the last five classes that Wisconsin's taken the number one composite player out of Minnesota, Caden Johnson in 2020, Riley Mallman in 2021, and now they get uh, Emerson Mandel. And a lot of people have been just talking about how it's a bit of a flip, right? It's just uh, they're just they're just flipping. Uh, they get Nathan Roy. Wisconsin gets Emerson Mandel, but he's a really – He's a big guy. He's not a tackle. He's going to be an interior lineman for Wisconsin, which is a, which was a need, I think, certainly in this class. What's Wisconsin getting in him? Well, when I when I talked to Luke Fickle a couple of weeks ago for that story on on recruiting, and Luke provided a lot of detail and context for what their philosophy was. Again, he couldn't speak about specific recruits because that's against NCAA rules. But even then, he was talking about how we've got four offensive linemen committed and there are some others in the mix and any more would be quote icing on the cake end quote. That's what he said. Now, he may have had a pretty good inclination of where things were headed, but that's how I view this as well. Even without Emerson Mandel, you had four offensive linemen in this class, one of whom is a four-star prospect and Kevin Haywood a tackle from Pennsylvania, but to come in and get Mandel later on, uh, I think speaks volumes about what Wisconsin is, is building and what they've been able to do. He's, as you said, being recruited as an interior player, most likely a guard. I think he's what, 6'5, 295. You, you never really know how accurate those the heights and weights are at the high school level. And you really find out once they finally get to campus. But this is a huge recruiting win for Wisconsin, not only to be able to get a four star prospect, but as you said, the number one player in Minnesota to really take them from the Gophers, uh, which had been recruiting them, recruiting Mandel for a long, long time. This new staff has only been in Madison for six, seven months. So it's a huge win. The offensive line class is now solidified for 2024. They've got five offensive linemen committed, including two four-star prospects. And it is interesting because lots of head ringing about the in-state recruiting. And I know you feel very strongly about the fact that this may work in one year or in two years, but you're going to have to be able to keep the core guys in the state in the future. I certainly agree with that. But if we're only speaking about 2024, um, and you, you just because you don't have a Donovan Harbor, or you didn't get a Garrett Sexton. I think if you were a Badgers fan and you just saw who you were getting, 
you would have to be pretty pleased with the quality of players that they've gotten, even if they're not from the state of Wisconsin. Well, some people would say Minnesota is in-state recruiting. I think there there have been some people that will, would suggest that. It was actually uh, in my mentions, uh, in-state recruiting, which did not please a lot of Minnesota people. Uh, had a lot of Minnesota people getting after it in my mentions for someone saying that. Uh, and one of them was, oh, Wisconsin, they, they took our third plus, we took their best player. They got uh, our third best player. Cause like, if you look at, depending on which rankings you want to look at and uh, one Nathan Roy liked one of those tweets. So uh, he's, he's surfing around and uh, diving into mentions, which is interesting. A little, little thin skinned if you ask me, um, but uh, it's in it. Whether it's a trade or not, it's irrelevant. Like, I think Nathan Roy is a guy Wisconsin absolutely desperately wanted. They didn't get him. Okay. He goes to Minnesota. Emerson Mandel was barely on anybody's recruiting radar. They didn't out- offer him until what? April? May? I mean, it was really late in this process that they actually offered him. Minnesota, when I, he was the first offer, he visited Minnesota how many times? And for Wisconsin to go in there and pull him away. And I, again, I totally agree with Emerson Mandel. Why would you want to play for PJ Fleck when you could play for Luke Fickle? I mean, it's just common sense. It makes complete sense to me. Uh, But for them to go in there and get him so late, that's a huge win. Huge win. Yeah, and again, filling up the interior, which they're always looking for. Wisconsin's going to, even though the, the system is changing and the scheme is changing, Phil Longo has talked about this, and so is Jack McNell Jr., that they're going to go get the six, seven, six, eight big boys. That's going to continue to be paramount. But if you can get some guys with a, a little more athleticism, versatility on the interior, someone like an Emerson Mandel, the six, five, you know, six, four, six, five, six, six, I think is what you're generally probably looking at for someone on the interior at the Big Ten level, or at least at Wisconsin. It's a, it, it, I can't say enough how big of a win this is in recruiting for Wisconsin. And I think if you're just looking at the five offensive linemen that they're bringing in, they have to feel pretty good about what the future holds at that position group. So it was Emerson Mandel in the middle of the week. And then comes news that Darian Dupree, finally, uh, a lot of people have been waiting for, for Darian Dupree to make a decision. The running back out of Illinois, he is a four-star commit. He's the second highest rated running back they've gotten since Corey Clement. Uh, the only one higher rated, at least in the composite rankings, was Jalen Berger. And again, talent was never a problem for Jalen Berger at Wisconsin. Uh, he was a very talented kid. Just um, a change of scenery was was necessary, I guess, uh, for Jalen Berger. Seems to have found some footing at Michigan State. Uh, but getting Darian Dupree, obviously significant for the Badgers. Uh, he's the second running back in the class. And watching his film, it he jumps out, man. So he like he visited Wisconsin on the second. Everyone expected him to commit. He didn't. Took his other official visits, uh, including to Illinois and to Missouri, and then he ends up finally choosing Wisconsin. This to me is maybe the biggest, or certainly one of the biggest uh, commitments that Wisconsin has in his 2024 class. I might go with Mabry Matire at the top simply because after they got rid of Austin Alexander or they parted ways and he's obviously now committed to Kansas. Um, (laughs) Mabry became the first committed prospect in the 2024 class and certainly the first kid in this new coaching staff class. And he's been able to help build the group. It it helps to start with a four-star quarterback, but beyond that Dupree, He's the guy. He is the dude. And he was at the top of this staff's recruiting board at running back all along. He came up in January. They, they offered him in late December. So he was obviously on their radar in that first month. 
came up for a junior day in January, came up again in April to see a spring practice, and then the first weekend of official visits in June. So to get a kid of this caliber at that position in particular, I think will help Badgers fans breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief because the two position groups that fans have been kind of clutching their pearls about at this point, just because it hasn't been filled up in the way that they hoped, defensive line and running back. And we're still waiting on, on defensive line, um, but we know how important running back has been. They had Gideon Atuka, the three-star running back from Maryland. Dupree, uh, he is a four-star running back, but if you look at the film, like you were talking about, Zach, uh, he's got explosiveness, power, speed. He's got everything that you would want. And I had a chance to talk to Darian um, for the, the story about his commitment. And he feels really good about Wisconsin because in this new offense, a lot of similarities to what they did uh, or what they're doing at his high school in Chicago. Uh, shotgun spread. He can, uh, I mean, he doesn't need a lot of creases. But if you look at one of the first highlights on his film, there was a game against Maersk, which is the school that Jamel Howard played for, the 2023 signee. He breaks three tackles. It's sort of like a jaw-dropping run. It ends up being a 55-yard touchdown run. He he breaks a dude at the line of scrimmage. He gets past a second and then a third and then outruns the entire defense. And I think that it's that explosiveness that really excites Wisconsin. Um, so as huge a recruiting win as Wisconsin could have, and I think there was a little worry, not necessarily on the, the, recruit, the, the Badgers staff's part, but on fans' part about where things stood because he did want to see his official visits through. And when I talked to him, the biggest challenger was Michigan. And I thought it was interesting that Michigan got the first commit, Jordan Marshall, who had Wisconsin in his top four. And then they got a second running back commitment the weekend that Darian was going to go to Michigan. He ended up not taking that OV to Michigan, uh, was considering Washington, but didn't go out there. So he just took the three to Wisconsin, Illinois, and Missouri. But this was the place for him. And what I think is even more fascinating right now is as we're having this conversation, Wisconsin may not be done. There is certainly a third running back in play, or at least somebody who took an official visit in Dylan Jones, who's a four-star prospect and has not made his decision public. And this is something we've talked about. Are they going to take two? Or are they going to take three? Obviously Gideon Atuka was the, the first commit, but when you look at Gideon Atuka's film and you look at Darian Dupree's film, feels like a really good combination. Does it not to you? I mean, just, I don't want to say thunder and lightning because that'd be uh, a little unfair to, to get Atuka based on speed wise, I know your people have called out of speed and, and you took issue, you took issue with that, not issue with that. You, you said he's a little bit faster than maybe people give him credit for. And then you look at Darren Dupree and you talked about the, the run that he had. A lot of people look at him just like as a, as a scat back and a guy that's just going to, you know, not be physical and not run through you. He's got that too. So I don't want to just say thunder and lightning, but I think they complement each other pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. Body type, skill set. I think Ituka's, what, 225 pounds right now, which is ridiculous for a high school junior, a guy who's going to be a senior next season. Um, yeah, I'm not saying he's he's a burner and he's going to beat Usain Bolt in the 100, but if you do look at some of the film, he does have some nice burst on him. And I think it's, you, you look at that in relation to his size, but he's got the power. And it could be a really nice one-two combo. The one thing I would say is I asked Darian, what does he have any concerns? Because there already is a running back. Maybe there's a third running back in play. And um, he said that he actually likes the idea of having a one-two combination. They can push each other. They can make each other better and they can make the offense better. Again, don't know what's going to happen with the, the rest of this recruiting and some of the other guys that are still out there on the board. But right now, Wisconsin has certainly done its work on, on the recruiting front at running back. And Dupree is, again, one of the biggest pickups in this 2024 class and someone I know Badgers fans have been waiting on for a long, long time. All right. So so those two guys are in the boat. There are a couple in the boat. How no. dare you, Zach? I thought you said a... <laughs> I was joking with you. I was, I was, I was joking with you. 
Um, it's a ridiculous saying. And the Minnesota fans have said it all the time. Oh, this guy's in the boat. Shut up. Shut up. No, no, stop it. Um, so yes, Wisconsin, those two guys in the class and uh, now sitting at 17 players. Last I looked, I haven't looked this morning. It was in, still in the top 25. Uh, I think it was 21 when he committed. Um, so it's a good class. There are still a number of guys out there. You mentioned the defensive line. Um, who are some of the, and obviously uh, the edge as well. Um, so who are those? Th- there are a couple of guys still out there going to be making decisions soon. Yeah. So the one, if I'm a Badgers fan and I'm looking for who could be next, I think Inelu Lafale has got to be the one. He's announced that he's going to be committing on Tuesday, July 11th. Um, that's been out there for quite some time. I know that Wisconsin has felt pretty good about where it stands for him. Um, really interesting prospect because this, even the previous staff, which was really interested in him, Bobby April viewed him as potentially the next Nick Herbig saw a lot of similarities. Now, obviously they're both Hawaii kids. Uh, LaFelle played at St. Louis school. He's at a different school now and in Hawaii, but uh, a a lot of those traits. So I think Wisconsin is in a good position for him, but you still need some help at defensive line. And and to me, that's a much bigger question mark at this point. A couple guys have come off the board recently. Um, Liam Andrews is someone who's still out there with top 100 guy defensive lineman out of Massachusetts but I don't think anything's imminent with him. So I think LaFelle is the one that uh, you should really be looking for at this point. And beyond that, it's kind of still up in the air. The one name that uh, we talked about earlier in the spring that kind of surprised everyone with his decision was Dylan Johnson. I don't know if you, do you remember Dylan Johnson? He's a defensive tackle out of, uh, out of Joliet and he's, he's a, he was a wrestler. So he had a wrestling background and obviously his football chose Northwestern and I'm not going to dive into the whole situation that's happening at Northwestern because I think the, a lot of facts still out there, but uh, it's been a rough few days uh, for uh, Pat Fitzgerald and that program right now. And if Pat Fitzgerald isn't there then perhaps Dylan Johnson may be back in play for Wisconsin, if that's something that they're still interested in um, and thinking about the defensive line. And again, who knows what's going to happen at Northwestern? There's a lot of unknown, but Dylan Johnson, maybe poke back, maybe come back around on that one and see if that's a potential guy that you could add. Yeah, I think based on what we've seen in these first seven months, we know that Fickle and his staff are going to be relentless in how they recruit players. They go after guys, even if they're committed elsewhere. The Tretch Kekahuna example, because first and foremost in my mind, obviously to get Jamel Howard back into the fold. And those are 2023 guys, but they know they need additional resources on the defensive line. If it doesn't happen in this recruiting class, that's why you've got the transfer portal. But there's four guys that uh, are going to be seniors on this roster next season, and and they need reinforcements. Everywhere else, every other position group, I think you would have to feel pretty good about where Wisconsin stands. And overall, it's worth noting, you mentioned they've they've got six four-star composite players in this class, and they're not done. But it, it just, at this point, that's the second most I believe that they've had in the online recruiting rankings era, um, which is at least notable that the, the quality of prospects that they're going after and the ones that they're able to land, especially the ones who take official visits, 
it's been really impressive. The only one that had more was the 2021 class that ended up number 16 in the in the 24-7 sports composite. That's the only class Wisconsin's had that finished in the top 25. So this class, it still has an opportunity to be a top 25 class. It's really hard to tell at this point because some of those other programs are going to come up over the top of Wisconsin and get guys later in the cycle. But I think overall, they've done a very good job in 2024. Who are those guys in 2021? Do you remember off the top of your head? Obviously, well, Logan Brown was one of them. No, Logan Brown. Oh, excuse was me. Excuse me. Yeah, Nolan Rucci was one of them. Yeah, Nolan Rucci was one of them. Um, man, I'd have to look it up, but like Braylon Allen, Hunter Wohler. It ended up being actually guys who I thought initially were three-star, and when the cycle closed, they were four-star composites. Like Marcus Allen ended up being a four-star composite, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think they had seven guys who are considered four-star prospects and then one five-star prospects, maybe even eight four-star prospects. So um, we know that that doesn't always translate into wins, but at least it gets people excited. And it's a baseline for, for how evaluators believe a player is coming out of high school. It was Nolan Rucci. It was JP Benshaw. It was Riley Mallman, TJ Bowlers, Hunter Wohler, Braylon Allen, Marcus Allen, Jake Retzloff, and Daryl Peterson. Yeah. That's a lot of four-star guys. Is that it the, is. is this the, uh, I, don't, I just want to make sure I'm looking at the right one here. Uh, you are. I was surprised when I saw it too, because some of those guys weren't four stars uh, initially, or they were four and one, but not in the composite. Like Jake Retzloff. Yeah. Like that, that kind of, yeah. Came out of nowhere. Um, either way, uh, yeah, I don't know if that was the I don't know if that was composite or 24-7. Either way, we it's irrelevant at this point. It's a good class, Wisconsin's class. It's a good one. And uh they're still adding to it. And we'll see what they can do here. As uh it is the dead period right now, right? Uh, I think it lasts for another week or two. Um, so we shall see. All right, switching gears. You had an opportunity to chat with uh, Barry Alvarez last week sat down, get his impressions of what he's seen from Luke Fickle so far. Uh, a, a ton of interesting things, uh, you know, within that article, but what stood out for you? What What's the, the biggest point that stood out for you in that conversation? Well, I think the thing that, and it's the quote that I used when I tweeted out the link, is him talking about the way that this staff is adjusting to the times. Barry said, um, you, basically, you can't, you can't do what you did in the nineties or the two thousands. You've got to be able to adapt and evolve. And that's what this staff is doing. And I thought that was noteworthy just because they're obviously making some considerable changes, particularly when it comes to the offensive strategy. Um, Barry built this empire, right? We saw what he was able to do in the nineties. And there are a lot of things that still hold true. Um, but that to me was kind of the quote that stood out most. Obviously he had a lot of complimentary things to say about Luke and this staff. I wouldn't expect him not to based on what we've seen and, and certainly Barry being a public figure and uh, having a vested interest in Wisconsin. But that was the thing that stood out most to me and, and other things too, just about the, the offense in general, because a lot of people think, well, this is just going to be such a drastic departure from what Wisconsin has done. And it is, but Barry said he's had a chance to talk to Phil Longo and likes the plan that they're still going to run the ball. Phil had a lot of success running at North Carolina. It's just going to be in a little bit different way. And then Barry feels like that evolution is, uh, is good for Wisconsin and good for college football. Yeah. There was so much to it uh, in that article. I think one thing that really stood out to me, and it has nothing to do with Luke fickle has nothing to do with recruiting. Uh, he hasn't talked to Jim Leonard. Yeah. 
I mean, that is really surprising considering it was his guy. Um, you know, he played for Barry. He has been here since 2016. He's a, he's a legend at Wisconsin. And for him to have not talked to him since after, you know, since that decision was made, it's kind of eye-opening. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Um, when Barry talks us, there's, you're usually going to get good stuff. So, um, Jim's just kind of disappeared here for this year and uh i'm not surprised by it we know you know had some other opportunities he's staying home with his family for a little bit recovering from surgery um i expect him to pop onto the radar uh probably next year but that was definitely interesting because i know barry was conflicted about the whole situation and how it went down just because jim was his guy i mean jim is the story of wisconsin football really just you get an in-state walk-on nobody knew who the hell he was he goes and runs a 4-4 at a summer camp to show barry that he deserves to even be on the roster and then becomes a three-time all-american and um i think a lot of people felt like jim did enough to earn the opportunity but seven months down the line you're also looking and saying well it's still the right hire to, to hire luke fickle but yeah that's that's what barry had to say they talked before all of this went down but haven't since so the other, uh, I thought one other aspect of this is, uh, you know, the excitement surrounding Wisconsin football. And the one that's the quote that stood out to me was, uh, it's going to be a new brand of football and that's good. That's healthy. This has been 30 years of Barry, right? I mean, it's not been him the entire time. It's been different coaches, but it's been his, him. It's been his stamp, right? He, whether it was Brett Bielema, whether it was Gary, Ander well, maybe not Gary, Anderson, so maybe 28 years out of 30. Um, whether it was Paul Christ, it was still Barry Alvarez. It was still Wisconsin football was Barry Alvarez. And I think more so than anything, this is the, the brand while it, you're going to be playing on what you had before you were going to be playing on what you were as a program for the last 30 years and that history, and you're playing up that history. This is the first true, true change brand change that Wisconsin has made in this, these last 30 years where Barry's kind of not on the outside by any stretch, but not necessarily right in the mix of it either. And so I, it's a change and people are going to, are, are excited about that change, but this is truly, truly, they've had coaching changes, but this is a brand change in my mind. Absolutely. I mean, Barry's in a position where he's what he's 76. Now he, he retired from being the AD in 2021. I was here for 31 years, something like that. And it's, it's well past torch passing time, but now with a new staff, obviously Barry is the one who's responsible for hiring Paul Christ. Um, and so it was, even though he had stepped away, it was still the guy that he put in charge of the program. And, and now it's somebody that Chris McIntosh put in charge of the program. So these are not Barry's decisions anymore, um, but he does feel excited about what's possible. He still has his finger on the pulse of things. And um, even when I was talking to Luke about, I think I had asked him a qu some question about in-state recruiting and whether he had talked to Barry at all or whether too much had changed because Barry hadn't actually coached for a full season in 18 years. And he said that something to the effect of uh, I'm planning on calling him and talking to him in the next week or, or something like that, just to pick his brain. So Barry is still tremendously important and, and uh, a valuable resource, but this is not his program anymore. This is Luke's program and his staff. And um, Barry's certainly on board. Uh, one of the quotes that, that Barry said that I thought was interesting was in reference to the offense. He said, you don't have to just line up in there and two tight ends and blast people and play against nine in the box all the time. They've got a good plan. He talked about how they look at what the defense is presenting and will decide whether to run it or, or throw it. And he just likes their philosophy and the plan. Um, 
And so it is very interesting. It's an interesting time, kind of an inflection point in Wisconsin football in general, where this is no longer Barry's program um, or even as an athletic director, it's somebody else's and they're going to put their own stamp on it and they're in a new way. He has been the face of the program for the last 30 years. Yeah. Right. Like I don't, even when Brett Bielema was here and that personality, it was still Barry. He was the office. I mean, he obviously was the head coach just before it and was still the AD and when people think about Wisconsin football or people think about Wisconsin in general, in sports, athletics, he's the one that comes to mind. And for whether that's good or not, right, like players come and go. Uh, Barry was the face of it. And across the country, if you th- were asked about Wisconsin football, it was, you know, Barry Alvarez was the face. And now I think if you were to go across the country, a lot of it would be Luke Fickle um, yeah. because of that name because of that personality, because of the big personality, I shouldn't say big personality because of who he is and what he's done. That's what people are thinking about in my mind across the country. Now, I think that has changed. It was, it has not been that way for 30 years. It's been Barry Alvarez and now it's Luke Fickle. Yeah. And another thing I didn't mention about this conversation I had with Barry is just the praise that he had for Luke. Obviously he knew of Luke from afar, watched him from afar when Luke was a, a starter on the defensive line at Ohio State in those games when Barry was the coach on the other side. So he's known about Luke for a long time. Barry couldn't have been more impressed with what Luke was able to do at Cincinnati to take a program like that. Whereas Barry said, you're not going to get the top guys in the state of Ohio away from Ohio State. So you've got to do it in a little bit different way. You've got to develop them. And to take a team like Cincinnati and become the first uh, and only group of five team to make the college football playoffs said a lot to Barry. He likes just the personality that uh, Luke has. He talked about how he likes the idea of a football coach who is a wrestler because they have that tenacity and that intensity. And he also just likes what has happened in these seven or eight months in general about what Luke has been able to do to put Wisconsin in this position to potentially be successful and certainly to build up the level of excitement because he said they went after the positions that they knew they needed to get. And he he very specifically talked about getting the quarterbacks that they did, but also wide receiver. And so that's notable. It's generated excitement. And so has this new offense. So Luke has done everything at this point to, to build that excitement. And you're right. I think certainly as time goes on, people are going to associate more and more Wisconsin football with Luke fickle. All right. Changing gears. One last thing here uh, before we go, actually there are a couple more things, but I wanted to, do this because this was also on the athletic and they just released um who is it uh who's your draft guy um dane brugler yeah dane brugler just released his first look at the quarterbacks for 2024 okay and obviously caleb williams number one drake mays up there um it was notable that uh he mentioned in talking about drake may that uh um that he's got a new offensive coordinator, right? So uh, here's the quote from him. He said, the other major change for May in 2023 is that he'll have a new play caller after Phil Longo left Chapel Hill for the same position at Wisconsin. While Longo has a history of productive offenses, NFL scouts are eager to see May in a more refined and balanced scheme. That to me is a little interesting. Uh, is it because they weren't able to run the ball? Like what's he talking about balance there? I wonder, is he ta- is he talking about, He's talking about pass, you know, run pass balance. Is he talking about formation balance? Like, I don't know what he's talking about balance wise there. I'd be speculating just like you. My guess is people, my guess is that people look at the system that Longo is doing and think that it is something that succeeds in college. But maybe if you do it in that exact way in the NFL, it's different. I mean, I, 
it's it's hard for me to decipher. Um, I almost feel like that's completely irrelevant in relation to Wisconsin, mostly because whatever Wisconsin's been trying to do for the last three years has been <laughs> boring, predictable, and ineffective. And so who cares if it doesn't work somewhere else? If it can work at a place like North Carolina or Wisconsin, that's all that matters. But I mean, that is interesting. And and obviously we'll have to see what happens with Drake May and the rest of his college career and his pro career. Um, but either way, if you're a quarterback, this is especially at the college level, this is the kind of offense you want to be a part of. And I don't know. I it's it's hard for me to say because they are to me pretty damn balanced when you're just evaluating the run pass um, you know, yardage and and ratios. And it can depend based on personnel. But I just think either way. I, I think Wisconsin is in a really good position with what this offense can be for the Badgers. All right. So another part of that article was listing the top senior quarterbacks. He listed the top 25. Tanner Mordecai was not on it. Mm -hmm. Some of these other names transfer, some of the other quarterbacks that ended up elsewhere and transferring, whether it's Sam Hartman or uh, Brennan Armstrong or DJ whatever his last name is uh, at, uh, at Oregon state. Uh, I'm not going to pronounce it, but he's not on it. Is that surprising at all to you? No. So um, I had a, a mailbag that ran last week in the athletic and somebody asked me a question about why are prognosticators not very high on Tanner Mordecai this season, because he's got a proven track record at SMU but if you look at, and this is kind of that off-season fodder, and we're in July, so this is part of the conversation. If you look at who people rank as the top quarterbacks just in the Big Ten, you would see Mordecai fifth or sixth or seventh behind a lot of guys who really haven't done anything. And I, I have this in the in the mailbag, but the, the guys that you would generally see ahead of Mordecai, uh, J.J. McCarthy at Michigan, Talia Tungavailea at Maryland, Kyle McCord at Ohio State, Drew Aller at Penn State, and, and even in some of these rankings, Cade McNamara at Iowa. Well, McCord has thrown 58 career passes. He's got one start. Aller's thrown 60 passes. Uh, he was a true freshman last season. And you might even see other names up there, like other guys who have transferred into the Big Ten, Hudson Card at Purdue, Jeff Sims at Nebraska, Luke Altmyer at Illinois. The the One of the interesting quotes that I saw was from Tom Fornelli at CBS Sports, and, and I'm quoting him here. He said, if you were to ask me to rank the Big Ten incoming transfer quarterbacks, there's a good chance I'd rank Tanner Mordecai behind every one of them. That said, none will have the impact of Mordecai because of what his transfer represents. I think that's really strange. Um, uh, it almost feels slightly contradictory, but I almost wonder if it's just about um, the questions that people have about Tanner. Okay, he did this at SMU. Uh, can you do it in the Big Ten? Well, you know, is he going to take to this new offense? Does he have, I honestly don't know. It's surprising to me why he is not coming into the season um, considered a, a higher caliber quarterback. I think he's going to put up the numbers. I think he's going to deliver the ball where it needs to be. Some part of me wonders, did people just look at the one practice that was on TV and see that he was terrible and think that's who he is? I think you and I both know that's not, but there's a, there's a lot that goes into this conversation that to me is really fascinating because I think he's going to have the best season by an individual at Wisconsin at quarterback since Russell Wilson. He's not going to have 33 touchdowns and four interceptions like Russell, I don't think. But I would expect him to be as good as, as certainly any quarterback Wisconsin's had in the last decade. Is That that doesn't even feel like an unreasonable statement. It it doesn't. I mean, the season that Jack Cohn put together in 2019. Very good. Very impressive. Right? So there's that. And then the other high touchdown 
seasons, whether it's Joel Stabe in 2013 or Alex Hornibrook in 2017, Seven. also came along with a lot of interceptions. I think Joel had 13 and, and Alex had, I think might've been 15. Um, yeah. That to me is, is the biggest question with Tanner is limiting the, the mistakes and limiting the turnovers. I mean, he did throw 20 some odd interceptions the last two years total. That said, he threw the ball a hell of a lot. So, I mean, 22 interceptions compared to Joel Stavi's 13 interceptions, you know, it's a little bit different. Not, not slighting Joel Stave whatsoever. Like our guy, Jim Polzine did in his, uh, in his recent, <laughs> recent story. Um, no, I'm kidding. So he did this well, re-ranking. He did the, he did the re-ranking of these numbers uh, of the the best players to wear individual numbers. They did it in 2008, 15 years later, they did it again. And number two is obviously Jamar Fletcher, right? Like it, that hasn't changed, but he also did the best person to wear it in the last 15 years. And he put Jay Valai, you know, is Jay Valai the all-time winningest quarterback in Wisconsin history? No, he is not. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly joking, slightly joking. Um, Jay Bly was fantastic. It was the hardest hitting guy at safety. I think Wisconsin may have ever had. He just absolute missile anytime the ball was anywhere close, but um, Joel Stavik. Yes. Yeah. So in terms of what Tanner Mordecai is going to give them this year, that is my only question is, can he limit the turnovers? And yes, we saw what happened in the spring. That was not him for most of the spring. So I'm, I'm excited to see what it looks like in, in fall camp. We're not too far away. Not too far away from fall camp. It gets going August 1st. going to be happening down in Platteville. Um, will Jordan Turner be reinstated by that point? I uh, I am not sure. Uh, some more details coming out about that this, this week. Um, he was going 117 miles per hour. Uh, he told in Rock County. He told police that he didn't want to be late for practice. He's trying not to be late for practice. Um where do we where does that stand on the list of excuses? Is it a bad one? Is it a good one? Is it like a is a horrible one? I mean, I I don't know. I, I have to imagine. I assume he was trying to get back for like a lift or something like that. So I have to imagine Brady Collins is probably not okay with that excuse. Uh yeah, I uh it's a tough scene. It's yeah, a tough scene. I, I don't I don't know that I can rank the excuses, uh, but uh it's a it's a it's a bad situation, obviously. I mean, I, I think I may have said this on the last show, but thank God, as far as we know, no, nobody else was injured. Like it could have been a, a terrible situation um, in terms of catastrophic for, for other people on the road. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with, with if, and when he's reinstated, this is obviously a severe situation. And as we're learning, there have been multiple issues uh traffic citations um obviously the owi um he's a he's a great player he's a starter for wisconsin but at the same time luke fickle is coming in with a new staff and you want to be able to set an example um and not just because you feel like you need to show people but because um something like this can't be tolerated and, and now what does that mean it's not for me to decide but this is clearly a very serious offense and something that the staff and uh, the program is uh, evaluating in terms of what it needs to do next. Uh, either way, we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll talk uh, a little bit more recruiting and uh, we'll start looking ahead towards fall camp and position battles that we're keeping an eye on as uh, things get, get going here. We're not too far away, Jesse. Can't wait. Thanks, Zach. All right. There he is. Jesse Temple from the athletic. You've been listening to the camp.